Hello, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show, where our goal is to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. We really do want to create a world where racial equity is the norm. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Before we get started today with our meditation, I just want to make you aware of a new program or, or two-day retreat that I am offering, October 21st through the 22nd. I invite you to go to sacredintelligence.com and register if you would like to participate in this two-day retreat. It will be based on my book. And the sense of the retreat is really to help us to think about why we're engaging in this work and then how to continue when things get a little bit tiring or when something else comes along to distract us. How do we continue this journey together to dismantle racism. So again, go to sacredintelligence.com and find out more about the two-day retreat and all the offerings I have there. We are going to get started today in the way that we always do with our meditation. And I'm going to invite you simply, if you are in a place where you can close your eyes, where you can plant your feet solidly on the floor, and let's connect with our breath. So I invite you to take a deep breath in and out, recognizing that your breath is a sign of life. Your breath is a sign of power. And that as you breathe in and out, I invite you to connect with your sacred intelligence that divine part of you that helps you to manifest your greatness while helping others to manifest their greatness. Breathe in and out, understanding that you are connected with something much greater than you. And within you, that sacredness, that source, that divinity resides. It's a place that helps you to understand your deeper connections with not just the individuals in your family, but those that are in your community and in the world. Breathe in and out, recognizing that what you do matters. What you do has an impact on others much greater than you possibly could imagine. You have the power to change the world for the better. Alternatively, your thoughts and your actions can contribute to the collective consciousness of fear, scarcity, hatred, frustration. You are powerful beyond belief because you contain divine wisdom. Breathe in and out, connecting with love, love that is unconditional, love that causes you to stand up and be love. Breathe in and out, letting your breath remind you of the peace that's found in unity. Breathe in and out, letting your breath remind you of the strength that's found in harmony. Breathe in and out, recognizing that you have all the resources you need to help you dismantle racism, to help you change the status quo. Breathe in and out, recognizing that the power of one contributes to the power of community. Now I invite you to take a deep breath in, sigh it out, and let's begin. It is so important if we are going to heal the world that we go back to our breaths. 
Because one of the things that I notice when I work with people on dismantling racism is that we get so flustered at something that someone else has said or done, and we just lose all self-control at times. Even if we don't display it outwardly, inwardly, we're burning up, we're angry, we're mad, and we get flustered. And we don't know how to continue the conversation if we're having a difficult conversation about race. And so we really just shut down. But I invite you to always remember your breath because when you take a moment to breathe and to meditate, it gives you time to really center yourself and ground yourself so that you can have the conversation that's needed. It also gives you the opportunity to go inward and simply say, what is the question that I need to ask now in order to move the conversation along? You notice I said, what is the question that I need to ask? It's not, make, it's not making a definitive statement or a declarative statement. Sometimes we need to just ask questions and be in that place of listening. Because guess what? No matter how long you've been doing this work, it doesn't mean that you're always right. I do this work all the time and I'm still growing and learning. And breathing is one way that I stay grounded. Meditating is one way that I stay grounded before I go in to do anything that I'm going to do. It's about centering myself. And it's about knowing that I'm not in this alone. I have people all the time saying, Reverend Dr. TLC, I'm praying for you. And because I believe in the power of prayer, I know that it helps to ground me and center me. And even for people who don't necessarily pray, but they might say, I'm holding space for you. So I want you to know that you are not alone in this work. There is work that must be done. That work must be done even for folks who believe that they are doing God's work, folks who believe that oh, I can't possibly be a racist. I'm a good person. Dr. King actually said the most segregated time in the world, or at least in the U.S., is the 11 o'clock hour. Why? Because most people who attend church, their church services start at 11 o'clock. Unless you're Presbyterian like me, they often start at 10 o'clock. But the point that Dr. King was making is that there is this space where people attend their services based on race. They choose a church based on race. And yes, they can say I'm choosing the church because it's in my neighborhood. But then there's an issue with that, that if your neighborhood is homogenous, why is that the case? So today, my guest and I, we're going to be taking a look at the segregation, the racism that is often uh, infused in religion. Don't worry, we won't, we won't get too, too, uh, I won't say, we won't get too academic in terms of talking about religion and racism, but we are going to take a look at what is happening at the 11 o'clock hour and what is happening beyond that, because church is more than just one day. It, it's really the ways in which we ought to show up and live our lives. For those of us who claim that we are individuals devoted to God and we do that in a religious setting, because we go to church, we talk about how much we love God, and how are we living that every day? I once had a guest on the show who, uh, you know, actually talked about going to church, but did not realize what was happening in the Black, Indigenous, people of color, you know, community. Just was totally oblivious. And I said, how can you say then that you are a follower? Because he believed in Christ. How are you a follower of Christ and you don't know what's going on in the world? How are you showing up as the radical revolutionary Jesus if you don't know what's happening to me? If you, if you cannot see how I hurt, if you can witness every single day 
on television when there are Black and brown folks being discriminated against, being harassed, being abused and beaten. If you see that every day and then you go to church and you say nothing about it, how is that being a follower of Christ or any particular religion? We must be advocates for one another. But we also must begin by actually simply going across the line and figuring out how do we collaborate with one another? It's not always about talking about race, but how are we in community with one another? How do we celebrate with one another? How do we mourn with one another? So today we're going to be talking with Stephanie Browder, who is my guest today. And she is going to really kind of get into what has happened. She's very involved in her church and get involved with what she sees happening in the community. And keep in mind, this is her opinion and it's my opinion. And there are others who will probably differ from some of the things that we will say, but we must have the discussion. And so Stephanie, just to let you know a little bit about her before we take our break, she is currently retired from the state of Connecticut after 33 years. And I know that feels good to her. Uh, the first eight years were at uh, the Department of Social Services, and it ended at the Department of Children and Families. She is a licensed minister under the covering of Pastor Johnny and Sharon Burns at New Life Christian Church. And she's also a visionary to the Community Street Ministry. And I'll ask you to explain that a little bit uh, later. But this ministry is covered and directed under, um, directed by Apostolic Networking teaching, training, and Apostle Dr. Cassandra Buckley. She's a member of Waterford Rise, which is a group in our area that fosters education and celebrates diversity and inclusion. And Stephanie has been married to her beloved for 25 years, and they have a number of um grandchildren and a number of children that they celebrate life with. And so I want to welcome to the show right before our break. I want to say hello, 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 Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you with me. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I so appreciate you. You, you know, one of the things that I love, I just want to say this really quickly, is that many of my guests, I have such a personal relationship with and it's been through the years because Stephanie and I both used to work at DCF and that's where we first came across one another. So even though our paths have changed over time, it's so great to be able to see growth actually in both of us in the ways in which we're showing up yeah. in the world. So uh, when we come back, we're going to just jump right into this conversation around religion and racism. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. 
That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're back with my guest today, Stephanie Browder. Stephanie, you know, it's a given because of the conversation that we're talking about. And I said that you are a licensed minister. And so it's a given that you have a relationship with God, with sacred. Talk to me a little bit about how that relationship helps you to navigate racism. That's one part. And the second part is, how does it inform the work that you do in the community or even Lord knows the work that you had to do when you work with the Department of Children and Families? Because we we didn't always see nice things when you're in those spaces. So let's begin with how does how does it help you to just navigate racism in general? Um, you know, it, it's so funny, too, that um, you mentioned just in terms of me being a licensed minister. I think that. Um, even before I became a licensed minister, it was important to me to understand that working, being a social worker, you know, working with people, um, you have to have a relationship with God to understand his people. Mm -hmm. And when you don't do that, um, you come from a place really of total ignorance, you know, Mm -hmm. because everything is based on, you know, what you've gone through. Everything is based on what you know. And that's extremely limited. Now, I didn't find out all of that, of course, um, until I got much older. And I did not realize that um, I could use my relationship with God to actually cause me, you know, to grow and to um, to help people in a better way. You know, a lot of times when we're young, we think education is the key. You know, as long as I got that information and education and degree, and you know, I, I can do some things. But what I learned is that even that was not enough to help circumvent some really strenuous um, issues that I was having just in terms of my my work relationship. And not just, how about this? Not even with the clients or the individual families, but the people I work with. Say that. You gotta say that. There's something about, like, we know when we're working with the clients, we know yes. they are coming with their stuff and that it's our job to help them navigate the world. But then when you got people pushing against you, you're like, no, no. So I have to tell you, I have to tell you, there's something that happened to me. Uh, back in the day when I when I worked uh, with the department and I just remember there was so much stuff happening with the department. I literally had to go to a meeting one day armed with my scriptures. Wow. I, I wrote them wow. down on paper so yes. that when something happened in this meeting because it was like a big meeting. I just would flip up the page, look yes. at my scriptures. Come on. Around me. Come on. For me. Come to on. remind me yes. what, of who I am. That's it. Who and who you are. That's it. That's and, it. And who was covering me? Who had my back? Come right? on. Now, all of these people, yeah. right? At the yeah. time, I don't know if I was thinking about all these people were also, God had their back too, but I, I definitely knew who had my back. Exactly. changed the tone and the flavor because my attitude was different. Right. That's the key. And I think I think that um that's what helped me to understand is that you know, I realized, and you know, scriptures talk about that, you know, uh, 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 Paul always talked about how we really should be okay when trouble finds us, you know, that means something, but it don't make me feel good to read that. (laughs) I don't want to hear that, Paul. But but, 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 you know, it's so interesting, which this is why I start out, whether it's this radio show, when I start each of my classes, I start out in a meditative place. It is not so much to try to 
proselytize people to believe what I believe, but it's That's more it. of saying, look, ground yourself in yes. who you are. Yes. And who we are, for me, who we are is, is directly tied. I don't want to do this because I think God is everywhere and, and here, but yeah. who we are is directly tied to our sacred source. That's why it's important for me. Each, you know, most of my guests, I'll say, what's your sacred practice? Yes. And, I- and it could be, for some people, it could be going for a walk on the boardwalk. That's, that is, that, listen, to, to walk, just to have the privilege to be able to walk is one thing. And then for you to exercise that privilege by walking, listen, mm-hmm. God honors that. You know, yeah. And I think that what I have learned over these years is that some of the stuff that I learned about young in church is mm-hmm. not necessarily the things that God looks at in me as an individual. And that also helps me to remain grounded. Every morning, since I've retired, oh, did I mention I was retired? Let me yes. say that. <laughs> well, kind of retired because we know that when you retire, you get busy doing other right. and I, But it's, it's my choice now. And That's so right. now I recognize that in this time of retirement, God has been um, just kind of pushing my spirit to wake up like at two o'clock in the morning. And, and I'm energized. I want to have conversation with him, you know, kind of run through the day of what has happened, you know, just to be able to bless him. I mean, this is my own personal time. Mm-hmm. And then I still have time in the morning. I do not, you know, start my day without, I have my own ritual, if you will, that mm-hmm. is specific to me. And when I tell you that it has helped me so much, to remain grounded. And, and it, it helps me to, uh, to, to be able to, to conversate with people and even to pick up energy from people that, you know, you, I probably wouldn't have paid any attention to because my mind is going here and there and all over the place. And what do I got to do? And what, now I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more present, you know, because of how I'm doing things differently, even after retirement. Now I've always been a praying person. That's, that's never not been there, but there's different levels of it for me right now. And so I, I really am beginning to understand and appreciate that God appreciates me. <laughs> Amen. He appreciates me. And I don't think that I really understood that before. And because I know he appreciates me, he wants me to appreciate his people. That's right. That's, That's right. the key. And so when we talk about racism, now, mind you, you were talking about how you know, our churches, you know, we, we, we find it convenient because they're in our neighborhoods. <laughs> I drive across the bridge. Well, to look, get to my I, church. Well, 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 wait a minute. And I drive an hour and 15 minutes to, to get to your church, right? Oh, but, but, you know, it's interesting though. So let's get into that because even the people who drive across the bridge or who drive 45 minutes to be in a church service they often connect with the people who look like them. That's it. And that's exactly why I drive across the bridge. And it's, and, and let me just say that my church um, has been, you know, over the years known to be, I love that word eclectic. I mean, um, we've had uh, Latina, we have had um, persons who are um, from the Native American tribe. We've had persons, of course, who are black and brown. I mean, we've we've had people from Africa. I mean, we've had a host of different people who joined our church, and we all celebrate God together. Now, I will say that I, New Life is known for that. You know, for having different cultures in their church. Mm-hmm. But what drew me. <laughs> was because I was familiar <laughs> with the way that they have church and how I grew up as an African-American female. And even though I grew up Baptist, guess right. what? They are not denominational, but they still fit. Right. Well, so it's interesting because let's talk about this, this idea of how we grow up, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that there, there are often stark differences in the ways in which white people worship and the ways yes. in which people of color. Now, yes. that also depends on the denomination because Absolutely. if you go to a white evangelical or Pentecostal church, they they get their praise on Absolutely. Uh, in, in those churches. But it's so interesting because often people are afraid to experience something different. So yes. 
you know, and you have also, uh, I maybe have said this on the show, as a Presbyterian, it's a predominantly white denomination. I've pastored white churches and I've pastored black churches. It's completely different. Now, I will say my, my first church I pastored was a multicultural church predominantly of African descent, but they were people who were Guyanese or from um, Sierra Leone. And I did have a couple of Italians some Dutch people, like, but, but some of those places were high church people, mm-hmm. right? And so when we talk about high church, because Presbyterianisms, we can be a very, little bit stoic. You know, <laughs> no, all not really. Frozen, uh, <laughs> but, but I will tell you in the church I pastor is definitely not frozen chosen, but but that particular church, the first church I pastored, it probably isn't as lively as the church that I pastored now. So there is diversity yes. across denominations, but by and large, most of the white churches that I have been in, if I'm preaching, my preaching is also different. And if I say the word, say amen, I was told once by this one pastor, he said, you know, you scared them when you told them to say amen. I'm like, Lord. <laughs> and so talk to me about your experiences with seeing churches collaborate or seeing people enter into those spaces where they can celebrate one another's ways of just understanding God. I think that for me growing up as, um, you know, in a Baptist church, I, I went all my life to a Catholic school. And so it was mandatory that you you know, you attend services, you take um, religion. And of course, um, I believe that God set me up <laughs> at a young age <laughs> so that I would always be open to uh, what would be different than what I was used to. Now, I, I attend I attend Baptist churches because it's comfortable for me. Mm. And I didn't understand how to come out of that comfort zone. Mm. And I think that is always an issue for people not visiting or fellowshipping on Sundays or otherwise in other, um, you know, church uh, events with, you know, other different types of uh, religions, because you don't know how comfortable you're going to be. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things I recognize that even in in terms of being in a Baptist church with a little bit of a Pentecostal flair, if you will, that I noticed that when some of those people, I would, we would go to other churches that might not be as demonstrative as we are, those people would be so uncomfortable that they felt that they needed to sit in the chairs and say, hallelujah, you know, in, or, because that's how they were used to praising, even yeah. though the church they're in is very quiet. Oh, right. they don't know how to praise, you know, right. so I need, I need to be the loud voice. When in actuality, a lot of times when I've gone into churches and it's been quiet, people really are absorbing what is being said, what is being felt in the atmosphere. It's because it is not part of their norm to actually Mm -hmm. express it in such such a way. And Mm -hmm. so I've learned, I've Mm -hmm. learned that when I go into certain atmospheres, I, I think it was Paul that says that, you know, if your brother don't eat meat, that's don't right. You eat me. That's right. And That's so right. I've learned that I can that God has allowed me to be all things to all people. Now that does not take away from who I am and what I believe. But so I, I express it. That's right. That's right. And 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 we we have to do take a break. But okay. when we come back, I want to continue this conversation because it is important for us to know that God can speak to us through multiple ways and. It's also important that we figure out whether we're missing out on something by being so, you know, narrow-minded. Um, narrow-minded. Yes. But we're going to be right back to continue okay. our discussion with Stephanie Browder. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? 
Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with my guest today, Stephanie Browder, and we've been talking about um, religion and racism. And Stephanie, I want to just go a little bit deeper. You know, so one of the ways in which, and I can I can say this coming from a tradition where we tend to be a little bit uh, um, more uh, stoic, or we might be quieter in the ways in which we worship some some right because i've gone into some black presbyterian churches where we are just as stoic as white churches and people will look around if you say amen one of the things that's interesting to me is that culturally as a people as african people we we had religion before it was the colonizers came in the missionary Absolutely. came in. That's right. Yeah, somehow, yeah. I, the ways in which I see race showing up is when we completely just throw our stuff oh, out of the window yes. and say, we have to believe in this religion. Yes. And we have to believe in it in the ways in which the colonizers taught us. And yes. so we know historically that when we have been too expressive, the colonizers had something to say about that. We know yes. for Native Americans, they would take them to their schools and they would cut their hairs and they their hair and they would actually uh, call them savages, right? Mm-hmm. In the yeah. same way, they've done that with people of African descent. Yes. And so I think that there's a bit of that still going on sometimes. And I'm not, again, I don't want any listener to think that we have to hoop and holler and do all of that. That's not what I'm saying. If that's what you do, that's fine. As Stephanie once said to me, God is an eclectic God. And 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 so God can show up however God chooses to, right? Yes. But I do think that there's a place for us as people of color yes. to examine our own ways in which we have, um, in, in which we have uh, just, just accepted Unabashedly, we've accepted this this religion of Christianity without questioning right. anything. Right. You know, I can think about years ago when you'd go into people's homes, especially black people's homes, we're always going to have a white up there, right? You always. Know? Yes. So I think that there's this yes. place where we really need to examine why it's so difficult mm. for us to integrate our own beliefs as a culture and why it's so difficult even for other cultures or like a white culture that they say, well, I can only experience God if I'm doing this quietly, as opposed to understanding that the spirit of God might move you to do something else. Right. So what are your thoughts about that? Now, one thing I just kind of want to put out there that we have talked about even amongst ourselves is that God is so big that he expresses himself differently in every single person. How? Because I don't look like you, but mm-hmm. God made you. Mm-hmm. I I don't talk like someone else. And yet 
you know, even our fingerprints. Every single person that lives or is going to live has a different fingerprint. And God is in that. So if God is so big <laughs> that he can show up differently in all of us as a creation, then we have to we have to somehow be able to understand and to accept the fact that our differences matter. You know, I, I, I struggle when people say, oh, you know, I don't see color. You I, you better see my color. I, I need you to exactly. see because I'm you. You know, God made me like this. I, it's a wonderful thing that I look the way I do. And, and at the same time, I need to accept where you are. And mm -hmm. so even as a culture of um, African-Americans in terms of in the people of color and how we come to church, how we just refuse to look beyond what's right in front of us yeah. is because that is how we have been trained. That yeah. is how we have been um, a, 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 even, even, even spoken to in church. That's right. By leadership. That's right. To remain that you are not saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost if you don't respond this way. Right. It is not right. so. And, and here's the deal. I'm going to tell you, as a Baptist, everything that I learned growing up was because the, the preacher said it from the pulpit. It right. wasn't until I got older. Now, mind you, going to a Catholic school, I had to take religion. I had to learn what they learned, but I would dismiss what they taught me. That's right. Because only what the preacher said was really what the word of God was. Well, and, wasn't, and, and, and the same thing in the Catholic church, so too, Catholic school, right? Because I feel like only what they didn't take communion because they weren't that's Catholic, they, right? That's what they told me. And, and it so, wasn't until that, I'm sorry, it wasn't until I really came into the mentorship of um, Cassandra Bunkley and how she helped to open my mind. She told me that when she was young, she would go to church. And I hope she does. I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. When she would go to church, after the preacher preached, she would go home and she would read the Bible for herself. That's right. I said, oh my goodness, guess what? That's when God begins to have relationship with you and gives you revelation so that you can then understand what the word of God is saying to you. Exactly. Now, so here's something I'm going to say, which a lot of people are not going to like, but I say it to my members and I'm going to say it here too. If you think about it, if you think about the Bible, it's actually a separatist religion to begin with, because mm -hmm. it starts out with like, okay, these are people over here that I love, these people over here I don't. And there are people who write about the God of the oppressed. There are people who write about, well, where was God for those people who were defeated in battle? You see, and if we only think about God in those ways that yeah. this, the, you got to believe it this way because this is who God is going to favor. It keeps us separated. separated. But, but I Stephanie, I want to I want to draw us back to like when we think about what happens on the day to day, and we're talking. Let's say if we we talk about white churches versus churches of color. What has been some of the things that you've witnessed in terms of how racism shows up? I, I I have heard through certain organizations that when people have tried to bring these churches together, that certain churches are uncomfortable with the way, let me just use this as an example, that certain white churches would be uncomfortable with certain black churches because of how demonstrative they are. Oh, yeah, they preach too long or they yell when they're praying. And, you know, basically it doesn't take all that. Mm -hmm. rather than coming from a place of this is different for me. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's different for me now, yet we believe in the same Bible, we believe in the same doctrine of that Bible, but because you express it differently, mm -hmm. I can't really be in your church or I can't really be in your, in, in, in your, in your space. Mm -hmm. And that is, is one of the reasons why God has said to me and given me the vision for the community street ministry. What he said to me uh, beyond anything else was, Stephanie, I've given you the vision. You wrote it down, but the people have to have a mind to work. This is not about you. So right. anything that you do, it must include everybody coming together. So mm -hmm. even the idea about the community tent revival, which we did a couple of weeks ago, 
It was it was a collaboration of, listen, bring to the table what you think needs to happen. Mm-hmm. The thing that was even more important is that God said, with this community tent revival, when you go out, because our main mission is to go into the Walmart parking lots, to stand on the streets, to go into the parks, to feed the hungry, to go into you know these different places, to go get people and bring them instead of waiting for people to come to church. That's right. That's so we right. ask for one volunteer from every single church to join us monthly and evangelize. And God said, listen, when you go and evangelize, every church that's represented must bring something, a pamphlet, must bring a card, must bring something that represents their church. Because when you pray for someone, you cannot evangelize, tell them that God loves them and then just leave them out there. Mm -hmm. This now is a two-edged way of you now inviting someone to your church And also leaving them with the hope that whenever they're ready to join, they have something in their hands. And people then they they come and they see that there are multiple ways of worshiping. And so And I can choose. How about that? How about I have a choice? If you were homeless, I'm telling you the community tent revival in that park was phenomenal. People that had more than one person come to them from different churches. They felt so special. God, you love me enough that this person's inviting me to the party. This person's inviting me to the party. This person's invited. And they're from different places. So How let me special. when when you brought this group together, did you have uh, white churches coming together? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now even though, and let me say this. So the church, this is so funny because the churches that came, I cannot even say they are totally white. How about that? Mm-hmm. I will tell you that some of them have um, pastors who are white, but their congregation also oh. have people of color. Yeah. 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 So, so, so that now the churches that I've reached out to that were just white. Mm-hmm. Have not heard that response yet. So, so here's the interesting thing, and that's where we see the racism shows up. When we don't understand how racism is permeated, it it what we do is we can't see how it keeps us from reaching out to the other. Because I imagine that all those churches, the, even the ones that are predominantly white, because this we all have some empty pews. Come that on, filled. So Come that's another conversation. So why not come out to this? Also, what we have to understand is that there's there's a socioeconomic thing in here as well. Like a lot of people don't know anything about a revival and they're like, why would I come to a right. revival? Who are the people who are going to be there? What's the expectation? Are you expecting that it's only going to be people of color there? Well, we need to that's reach it. out because look, you and I both know for a while, I attended another church that you attended, and, yes. and it was very spirited. For <laughs> <laughs> Presbyterian, and I and I just and I attended for about two or three years. Yes, and I remember a conversation with you where I said, "You know what, Stephanie, this this right here is a lot for me." Yeah, like, right. And you said, "You said, and that's why God is eclectic." Absolutely. And then I did end up going to a predominantly white church because it was more of the tradition that I was used to. And so a white church never knows whether even a black person is going to come to your church and try to go, hallelujah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no. But what, but, but what I will say is for everyone out there to don't allow the ways in which you worship yes. to keep you from experiencing God in another way. It Absolutely. doesn't mean it's going to change you to that way forever. But there is a freedom in being able to say, I can experience God in different ways. And when we are so focused on it has to be my color, my my culture, we miss out. Or my denomination. Or my denomination, exactly. You miss out. We miss out on the ways in which we can bless another neighborhood. You know, uh, you, you know, look. And how, how about how about we miss out on how big God is? How exactly. about that? <laughs> exactly. Narrowing him down. I have I we have a church that collaborates with us even for mission. They 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 they've collaborated because they this is one of the things they do. They say we know our community is different and there's a need in your community. And so while we are not physically there with you, 
we want to put seed money into your church. And then we want to talk about, you know, the ways in which, you know, you all are being a Matthew 25 church, right? Feeding the hungry, blah, blah, blah. So it took them, though, reaching across the line to say, look, this is something we need to do. Now, mind you, it's about more than just putting money out there. Because I yes. talk about that all the time. These people who just throw money out. But they're wanting to know, how's it coming? What are you doing? They're excited about it. Because it helps them with their ministry as well. But yes. we do have to take one more break. And okay. we will be right back to continue our discussion as we're looking at race and religion. We'll be right back. Awesome. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Avengers Assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with my guest today, Stephanie Browder. We have been talking about religion and racism. And really, we miss out when we do not cross the color line. We miss out on different ways, uh, as we've talked about, of experiencing God, different ways of understanding God, and different ways in which we can uh, manifest God to people across the color line. So I'm wondering, Stephanie, as we as we kind of think about uh, our, our hesitation for doing so. Oh, I want to go back to something before I ask you this question. Okay, sure. You know, we, we talked about how sometimes we can be very spirited in the ways in which we worship God. And what it reminded me of was how there are often times that white people will think, that when people of color are expressive, that we're angry. Mm, and I think good. that if we were to come to church and yeah. see how we worship, yeah. we know we're just expressive, period. There are times when I might be preaching and I'm expressive and it just could be the spirit within yeah. that absolutely has taken over because yeah. I've allowed it to happen. See, when I preach in white churches, I actually remind myself to contain it because they teach you to exegete your audience. Uh, yes. so I have to be able to speak in a way that people can hear. Amen. So the spirit might move me differently in those spaces because I know that there's a message that I have to carry out. But the point that I was trying to make is, mm -hmm. is if we cross the color line and we see how people show up, we see how we talk to one another, Right. Because there are times when people will think that we're angry because they see us talking to each other in a very excitable way. And we're not angry at all. We're Absolutely. just expressing differently. So I think that what happens is, is that when we can cross that color line, it opens us up to understanding our limited views of the ways in which we think about each other. Absolutely. And it helps us as people of color when we cross that line to be able to say, 
huh, when I'm talking with someone and they're not expressing much, it doesn't mean that they aren't involved or listening. Right. Oh, and absorbing. Right? And mm-hmm. so I think it, it helps to dismantle in that way. But my question for you is, what do you think that we could do to help heal this separation that we see in churches or to bring people together? Do you have any um, ideas for us? Well, first and foremost, I think that we have to be willing and available to show up. And what I mean by that is you started us off um, talking about being grounded. When, When you show up with a lot of different thought in your mind about how something is going to be doesn't that make you anxious and nervous and so i have found that when we make ourselves available this is so funny can i just tell you this word metron it just keeps coming around and it means your sphere of influence mm-hmm. now when you when you open yourself up and and you're you're intentional intentional about showing up as what god has called you to be you call people into your metron, into your sphere of influence. Now, what happens as a result of that is people that you never thought that would ask you, can you, would you mind coming to this church event with me? Would you, would you, would you like to, would you like to join me in church? People will start to do that because you have now presented yourself as being open. You have now presented yourself as being available to mm. hear from a different perspective. Why? Because you, you're intentional now. You're, mm. you're, you're, you're showing up. You're on purpose to mm. what God has called you to be. And guess what? You now open up doors, avenues for people to feel comfortable to say, join me. Yeah. And when you show up and when you go, guess what? Take that same, that same thought process with you to be available that no matter how different this seems, to be. I am not going to be anxious. I am not going to be nervous. I'm going to expect difference. And at the same time, I'm going to absorb and hear what God has to say to me about being in this environment. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because, you know, what I also find is that sometimes people really want to come to those other spaces, but don't know where to go. You know, I've had had somebody to say to me recently, like, I want to go to a black church. And I've had like with my white friends, will come and they'll spend some time with me a few days. So well, like, yay, I want to go because I know that for them, there's this opening up that they have to say, wait a minute, I want to worship like that. I want to be in that space, but I know that I can't do it over here. And then the other thing I think that happens is sometimes people just want to come because they, they see the theatrics on TV. Oh yeah. Oh, hey, let me have a yeah, <laughs> I think I just want to be a part of all that. And it may right. not be, it may not be that way. That's but, right. but I think that they also come with saying there's a freedom in the way that I can express Absolutely. or just be in. Because now I have to tell you, when you're in the midst of that spirit, come on. That that Things that change. You can't you can't help but to just get involved in it. Now sometimes yes. there's some people who are gonna still sit like this, and I mean even people of color who are gonna right. still because they're just not allowing it. But but here's the thing: you can come, and it doesn't mean that you're gonna end up shouting all over the place. Where no, you will feel something different away yes. from you. So what I want to do is just to invite those people who are interested. And going to a different church, find someone to say, hey, can I come to your church or just go? Because here's the thing. Even if you just show up, we're not going to, you know, say. Can, I, can, I, can I put something out there? Yes. The Community Street Ministry, we have access to several different churches in New London County. We would love um, if I could um, put our um, yes, my email, betterplanning at live.com. Email and say, you know, I'm interested in one of these churches. I would love to connect you to different mm-hmm. churches. It's mm-hmm. not just about my church. Yeah. We'll have a conversation by email so that I can say to you, listen, here are a couple of churches in the area. Let God direct you because mm-hmm. this is an experience that you don't want to miss. There's also um, there's a, a group of churches that come together called Arise. Mm-hmm. Look out for that. Those are different churches around the state of Connecticut that invite the Holy Spirit 
to mm. be in charge of their lives. Mm. I love, love, love that you are broadening this. Um, and, and here's the thing that I want to say to people. It's not even so much about proselytizing you or saying you've got to be at this one place. Absolutely not. Really about helping you to know that you are something greater than the, the limited box that you put yourself in. And then often the box that the world puts you in. But I think until we can figure out even from a religious place, because religion has also been used. Yes, it has. Enslave us and to enslave all of us in many ways, Um, you know, with, with some of our thoughts and our beliefs, there are some valuable things that we can take from religion and we can come across the, the racial uh, barrier. Stephanie, I really want to thank you for being my guest today. And I want to ask you if you have any uh, words of inspiration or a blessing that you would like to leave with our audience today. So on today, I declare and decree that because you have heard these words and you were interested in dismantling racism, that you see God bigger than what you've seen him in your past Mm -hmm. and that you would allow Holy Spirit to enter into your heart for you to be more open to recognize God in all of his beauty and all of his creation. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for for offering this blessing to folks, no matter who you are, what your beliefs are, your religious beliefs, whether you're Muslim, Hindu, uh, whatever you are, just know that you are grounded in something bigger than yourself, which connects all of us together. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for being my guest. Thank you to my listeners. Love to hear from you. So if you have any comments, please reach out at sacredintelligence.com. Send us a message to let us know what you think of today's show. I want to just encourage you to go forth and be your best self. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. 
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 